Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick. We're here to talk about the big signing today, Marcus Williams coming to Baltimore, the Saints' former free safety coming to the Ravens on a five-year, $70 million deal. A huge signing for the Ravens. Uh, you, know, you look back at the Earl Thomas signing, the Eric Weddle signing. Uh, this is one of the really big ones in, in terms of a, a, a player in the secondary. The Ravens have been able to sign. Here to talk to us is a, is a Saints guru, uh, Rev Deuce Windham. Rev, how you doing? I'm doing well. How about you, Ken? I, I can't complain, not even a little bit. Now, we had you on a, a while back. Some folks will probably remember you from a Know Your Foe episode before that awful 2018 game against the Saints with Tucker's missed extra point deciding the game. I didn't feel very awful to me. <laughs> <I> mean, <it's, laughs> 
one-sided there, Ken. We appreciate your uh, the, the knowledge you brought and all the, the good know your foe insights uh, uh, about the Saints. And we want to get, get your uh, get your inside take on what Marcus Williams has done with the Saints in his five years there. Still a very young guy, not yet twenty six years old. In fact, he won't be until right around opening day on the eighth yeah. of uh, September. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting chat because he is. He's one of those players that became an NFL meme in Minnesota, and mm-hmm. everybody loves to make fun of him for it. And But the truth is, for New Orleans, he's been invaluable. And evidence of that is that they were willing to place a franchise tag on him last year, which is one of the reasons they couldn't this year, because as anybody knows how the cap works and how mm-hmm. contract structures work, it increases significantly if you try to do a second year of franchise tag. So they were willing to spend a lot of money. Obviously, he got a very nice contract from Baltimore, but while in New Orleans, he's literally done and adapted everything they've ever asked him to do, and he's improved every year. I think that's the key that you look for. And then with him being a young guy, his rookie season is only 21. First year he plays for y'all, he's going to be 26. You're getting a five-year veteran who can still not only play through this contract, but potentially play through a second big contract. Yeah, that was one of the really nice things about this deal. And and Tony Jefferson, they signed at 25 as well. So it's a, it's a similar kind of a situation. But uh, generally speaking, I think if you if you get the younger player and they had, you know, Tyron Matthew went for just about the same amount of money today. Uh, went to the Eagles for $40 million for three years, I believe. And, and, you know, look at two structures like that, very similar in terms of, of uh, you know, the guaranteed dollars and, the, and the, uh, uh, you know, the dollars that will actually be paid out on probably both these contracts. And I think you're always going to do better to get a younger guy uh, you, you know, who's maturing into those good years instead of maturing out of the good years. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I think a key point is, you know, like I said, the, the whole meme thing is going to get – Spread a lot. And there's even some Saints fans who were upset, like, yeah, we didn't care. He makes mistakes all the time. But truthfully, he's been part of the, if not the biggest reason why Dennis Allen's defensive resurgence has continued year in, year out. And whether you go back to 2018, where if you can remember that far back, it's been four years, my goodness. <laughs> but we saw the Saints doing a lot of single high, cover three, cover three match. But in the past five years, the Saints have used either as a staple or as something they use very regularly, cover one system, so single high, cover three, cover three match, Tampa two, quarters and quarters match most recently, and also cover six. Really, there's not a coverage that Williams has not started to use and use very, very well. And another aspect to that is with all those coverages, instead of New Orleans just being like a straight, we are a two-high safety team that might run you know six, two, or whatever, they do a lot of pre-snap movement and adjustments. So not only does he have to have the ability to have the range to you know, perform all these different coverages, but then also to know how to have that range and disguise those coverages as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's obviously a, a huge deal. Let's talk packages and not just alignments or uh, mm-hmm. responsibilities into that. Have, have the Saints been a, a committed dime team for most of that period, of most of Williams' tenure with the Saints? They're – their base is nickel. They spend about 65 70% of their snaps in nickel, which I'd say go as far as say most teams in the NFL right now are. Uh, base is still a little bit higher than dime, but dime very common. Right. I will say if there is one potential negative, to me it's not a negative because I'm a firm believer that 
you know, Swiss Army Knife players are great, but the true elite ones do one position really, really well. He is a free safety. He is not a nickel corner that can also play free safety. That's what Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is for New Orleans. He is not a strong safety who has a little bit of range. He is a free safety through and right. through. Back-end guy, he's played less than 10 snaps per game on the back-end. That's one of the first things I look for uh, in his career in New Orleans. So, you know, this is a guy who we're not going to hear this versatility crap that we've been hearing the past few years about how, yeah, our guys can play up, they can play back. And if, if, they're, if they start to talk about it, I think it will be largely proven to be crap once the season gets underway they're going to be playing Williams on the back end uh you know I would I would really be shocked if he is used the way Clark is as a as a robber as a dime back who would come down and and play there while Stone for example might play the back end as Mm -hmm. as in the split on a cover two and a dime uh you know I just I think you've got a you've got a clear free safety now. You've got a clear strong safety who is also a dime safety. And by the way, that's a great place to be. You don't have, you don't have to confuse the other team uh, so much. And you mentioned already that Williams had done a fine job of confusing coverages when they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I think another thing that I love about him is that he doesn't overcommit. Now, as a young guy, that was an issue. He does still tend to take some bad angles here and there, which I think a lot of players are going to have a tendency to do when they're young and even veterans. I mean, Malcolm Jenkins, who has won two Super Bowls, whether it was with New Orleans or with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, still has a tendency at over 30 years age to take some negative angles. And that's an issue at times. But truthfully, the, the, the thing that makes Marcus Williams valuable, and I think this is going to be the case for any free safety you're looking at, when it comes to Williams' value, it's not can he disguise coverages. It's not does he get fooled. You know, does he bite on when the the shoulder of the quarterback drops and he immediately flips his hips and tries to fly deep and gets beat underneath. It's what's his range and how can he cover. And if I had to give two games for Ravens fans to go take a look at one, I'd say go look at the interception against Aaron Rodgers week one. I realize it's a week one game, but if you look at range, he basically covers fifty yards to pick off a rod. And then also take a look at some of the range he displayed against Seattle which is where he spent a lot of time by himself having to cover field to field. That's extremely difficult for any player to do. And he had the range to go sideline to sideline. So when you say he, he has the range to go sideline to sideline, oftentimes what that means to me in evaluating safety play is the guy plays his reads very well. Correct. That's what you've noticed is a guy who, who, Instinct, who has good instincts for starters. You want a guy who's a good gambler, but also a guy who, who will take a gamble on the back end because in the end, you're forced to either do it or arrive late is often the choices. Yeah, I think because I like you, I've had a lot of people talk about range and the first thing they go to is like 40 times. And what's his mm-hmm. speed? He's not the fastest player. Now, he's still a very athletic, very quick, but you, know, you look at the New Orleans defense, you've got multiple guys like Marshawn Lattimore who run a 4-3. He is faster than Williams by a lot, but it's the ability to quickly diagnose. And one of my the biggest things that the Saints look for in, in their skill position players is what they they call it FBI. I was trained; it's mental processing, but it means the same thing. Football intelligence: how quickly do you read what's going on and react to that? Or you know, as a linebacker, with y'all having a linebacker as your coach now, click and close. All the same kind of idea we're working with here. 
he reacts very quickly. And when he does need to make a, I guess you would call an educated guess, he's typically right in what he's guessing. Mm -hmm. At least he has been with New Orleans. And they've put him in really good situations to make those type of guesses because the time he did struggle, say go back to three or four years as that first, second year player, he's trying to decide what's the right thing to do. And you had just all these different options. Do I need to mash? Do I need to fall low? And they basically took him and said, look, don't worry about doing all these different positions. Don't worry about playing field side, boundary side, whatever. Just be the free safety. And once he really fell into that role, the coverage just started coming on his own, and then his reaction speeds have really ticked up. And that's why you look last year, New Orleans Saints, one of the best teams in the league at not giving up big plays downfield. And that's mm-hmm. Marcus Williams. No, that's that's terrific, especially considering they play on turf, they play indoors, all of the things that that uh, that go along with playing there. Uh, it's uh, obviously very excited about the possibility. One of the things that stood out to me is that he'd been a very much an above average tackler. Now, different services have different reviews of how tackling is going, but they all seem to be fairly consistent. That Mark Marcus Williams for a safety is a significantly above average tackler. Big problem with the Ravens last year, by the way. A lot of missed tackles in the secondary. Missed tackles, not a thing in Ravens history, but but they were last year. Yeah, I know it's – I feel bad for the guy because it's something he's become known for. He's known for a missed tackle. But you look at like 2020, his best year, his missed tackle rate, according to SIS, was like 4%. I mean, that's really low. And honestly, for a skill position player, somebody who plays in space, anything below 10% is good. Right. And last year it was something like 8.5%. He had one really rough year where I think he was at like 14, but even that compared to some others is not the worst in the league. He's become a much more sure tackler. And I think that that is something to take note of because as you mentioned, this is a guy that we're talking about playing free safety. So he's not like up in the box, getting close contact. This is where he's playing in space. It's a lot easier for somebody like a Calvin Ridley or a Debo Samuel to juke you out your shorts and you miss a tackle. He's been pretty sure there. If there's one area that has been a struggle that hasn't, perfected yet it's angles sometimes he takes bad angles Hmm. and that can obviously be an issue but as a tackler he's been pretty sure okay that that is a big deal because obviously at free safety in particular Mm -hmm. you you have high leverage missed tackles so Mm -hmm. a missed tackle will cost you more than it costs you even an inside linebacker or on the defensive line where uh, missed tackles are generally a little bit rarer but uh, generally speaking safeties who play deep have the highest missed tackle rates of all and uh, and it's the they're also the highest leverage. So people got on Ed Reed a little bit about being a missed tackle guy, but uh, he did Gosh. a lot of other things well too. Give me Ed Reed, like if that's yeah, the right. one trade off, <laughs> sure, miss the tackles, go for it, buddy. <laughs> it's great. Anybody who doesn't have Ed Reed obviously wants him. So uh, it's yeah. just the people who have him need to need to find something to complain about. It's like you go yeah. into the prettiest prettiest girl with the prom, you know, whatever. Uh, Anyway, uh, other things about Marcus Williams. How, how about a, as a run fit player? How has he looked? You know, he can fill in solidly there. I mean, when it comes to run fits, once again, this is not a guy that New Orleans put down in the box to fill in mm-hmm. an extra gap or to even be an extra guy. Uh, they would use like Chauncey Garner Johnson for blitz packages for that. They use Malcolm Jenkins as a bigger body to take that role. So when it comes to the second level, if a guy gets there, I feel confident that Marcus Williams makes the tackle. But even when I think run fits, I'm thinking he's within seven yards of the line of scrimmage and he's filling a gap and or he has outside gap responsibility. Like if they're doing something like a, an exchange with a defensive end and whoever's got outside gap, he doesn't really do that. Mm-hmm. He's a sure tackler, but he wasn't used a lot in, hey, Marcus Williams, come down the box, help against the run. Even in, you know, eight man fronts, he's deep by himself, 13 yards back. 
So sure tackler, but not really the guy that New Orleans has used to come down and help against the run. Well, so, you know, he's got cornerback size at what, 6'3", 195 ish kind of thing. He's, he's, I mean, a, he's, he's under 200 pounds. Yeah, he's, um, gosh, I have to see what he's weighed in at. It's been a while since I think he's right at 195. I mean, he's not a big 195. Player. Sorry, yeah, I he's, just looked at it. He's not a big dude. And, you know, that's fine because his job isn't to be the big dude. That's why they went and got guys like Malcolm Jenkins and everything, and he, they performed that role. But, yeah, it's, I would, I don't ever like to say, hey, a, a team has to conform their entire system versus one player, but I would be a little trepidatious if I started seeing, like, in training camp, Marcus Williams is down at the box a lot more than if he would be up top because that's right. how he's made his money now. So it's – even though I, I wouldn't even go as far as to say it's a negative to him, but he's also no Von Bell for Cincinnati or Collins in his prime for New York. That's just not his role. Yeah, he also doesn't get hurt. Uh, he's only missed five games in five years, and that's that's something the Ravens are really buying. With, mm-hmm. with with what they're paying for. If you look back at Ravens history, they there have been times, and particularly this is true of the 2000 defense, um, they actively did not want their cornerbacks getting involved in run tackles. And, you know, they, they, they had a good reputation. Chris McAllister was a bigger corner who, mm-hmm. who, who could, could certainly come down, fit and, as needed. But they were like, you know, don't get involved. Do not put your head and neck in, in there. And it, you know, on run fits, just allow the front seven to make those tackles, and and uh, you know you'll 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 make a make a tackle if you need to, uh, if if the front seven is broken. But uh, you know it's, it was something that uh, I thought was you know seeing the way the Ravens have suffered injuries and in great numbers in the last few years in in the secondary, it's something I really would have appreciated in these more recent Ravens teams, if they would have been able to implement something like that. Now, in truth, their, their tackling at linebacker was not good enough yeah. that, they could, that they could make that happen. Something else I wanted to talk to you about, because the Ravens are in kind of an interesting position safety-wise right now, mm-hmm. and they have certainly five guys at safety, and they might even have six that they might want to keep on the team. One guy who might be moving to slot corner, that's Brandon Stevens, who uh, you, know, you, you may have been familiar from last year's draft. Um, and, uh, you know, another guy, uh, who may or may not make the team or sorry, may or may not have a place on the team is Deshaun Elliott in terms of being re-signed. And, uh, it'd be interesting to see if the Ravens, you know, adopt more of a quarter package look and not quarters, but meaning mm-hmm. they play seven defensive backs with four of them safeties, uh, on a higher percentage of plays, given the Ravens have really not gotten much out of the inside linebacker position the last couple of years. That that could be interesting to see. I mean, there would be tape to refer back to New Orleans for that with Williams. Um, you would have PJ Williams, Chauncey Gardner Johnson, Jenkins, and you know Marcus Williams, who could be on the field all at similar times. PJ being traditional strong safety, and then having Chauncey and Malcolm basically kind of nickel type guys. And Chauncey's okay. kind of like our versatile Swiss Army knife. He is coming out of Florida. He was both a free safety and a nickel guy. We use him mostly as a nickel, but he can drop back and play safety. P.J. Williams has been the strong safety or Malcolm Jenkins. Not terribly common because, once again, last year we had Bradley Roby, Paulson Debo, and Marshawn Lattimore, so you had three starting caliber corners for two spots. Mm-hmm. But it's something where you've seen a lot of rotation there and a lot of variance, and that's part of the Saints' success and Williams' success is that they've had the ability to run those different rotations but still allow him to be the free safety. So I'm very curious to see what y'all decide to do 
Because the thing that I've come to know Baltimore for is one, pre-snap adjustments, and two, pass rush. That's the main two things I've known for the Ravens for a long time. And I'm curious because one thing that Williams really has enjoyed is a very stout front four. They're not the most electric in the league. Nobody's getting 20 sacks, but whether Trey Henderson is there or it's Marcus Davenport and Jordan, they continually put up 40-plus sacks every single year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that uh, that is certainly an area of risk for the Ravens. The, the Ravens, uh, you know, they, they've they've played a three-four, and they probably will continue mm-hmm. it with it with what is really a four-man front on passing downs. Um, what they've what they've really gotten away with the last few years is a lot of flexibility from having multiple Sam linebackers on the field at the same time. Meaning they could they could drop whoever they wanted to to coverage, and they had Tyus Bowser who was. Probably the best coverage outside linebacker in the entire NFL. If it's not, if it's not true, it's very close. And he was used a lot to drop. Almost, I want to say forty percent of snaps last year. He dropped a cover instead of instead of rush the passer, even though he still had a, a decent sack total. Um, but he's going to be lost, we think, for the beginning of the year. This year, mm-hmm. he's injured in the final game of the year, so kind of a bummer. But uh, yeah, I, I, I that'll be a huge question for the Ravens as to whether they're able to adapt some sort of a pass rush from whatever they have, whether it's draft picks, somebody they sign in free agencies been talk about uh, Zadarius Smith coming back to Baltimore. But uh, yeah, it, it, uh, they, they, they have to, they're going to have to find the pieces because I don't think they currently have them in house. I mean, that's another thing that, you know, it, it's going to be really interesting because we saw Trey Henderson leave New Orleans last year, have success in Cincinnati, very mm-hmm. happy for him. But at the same time, as much as I love a lot we're of Williams, not, by the way, we're not happy for him at all. Yeah, I know y'all are, but you know, we basically got New Orleans North up there, Cincinnati at this point, whether it's our LSU players or our former Saints players. Yeah. So hard not to root for him. But when it comes to Williams, he's also had the benefit of some really good players, like you mentioned, Bowser. Well, I'd argue Demario Davis is right there in that same argument in terms of coverage linebackers play on the outside. You know, Williams has had the benefit of knowing that he can trust the first two layers of the defense and not have to cover for him. Mm-hmm. He hasn't had to be that guy. He can rescue him, but we, we've seen Williams play like a robber role where he'll go down in the hole and try to play that short middle, but he doesn't need to because he has the team that does it for him. They don't make him call that play. Is that something that Baltimore can also provide, or will he see more responsibility because they don't have the guys to fill in some of those other needs? It's going to be very interesting to see you know, Williams, can he develop past that point if he gets asked that? Because in New Orleans, while he has done extremely well at his position, he's also known that he's had a stud, you know, starting corner and really good starting number twos. He's had an extremely good coverage linebacker to help cover the middle of the field. And he's just had to do his role in the backside. Right. Oh, he, he, he won't have probably all that luxury. I mean, I ho- hopefully this is a year where Marcus Peters comes back, uh, Marlon Humphrey is back and and healthy for the whole year. And if so, that's a couple of, of stud outside corners. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is, um, has has he really played with more elfin cornerbacks or more of the big thumpers that are more like, um, Peters is really more of a ball hawk, obviously, and more of a gambler. And, and Humphrey is more of a baseball bat for a right arm that mm-hmm. comes to forces a lot of fumbles, dislodges the ball after it's, High point. Got out Peanut a Tillman. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of Peanut yeah. Tillman. He had eight, four, eight forced fumbles in 2020. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's something that, that uh, you know, I'm wondering, does that play well with who Williams is as a back-end guy? Well, the, the 
players that he has been with the most recently, uh, like Adebo and Lattimore, are mm-hmm. almost identical to each other in terms of like if you look at body style. And one thing about the Saints secondary is they're fast and they're light. Mm-hmm. You know, P.J. Williams, I think, is the only person in the back end who's over 200 pounds. Uh, Lattimore and Adebo are both in like the 190, 195 range. Williams is in that same range. You look even going back to like Eli Apple, Janoris Jenkins, Typically, the Saints run a man coverage look up front, even if they drop back into zone. So if they drop back into cover three, cover four, whatever they decide to do, you know, they're generally in a man look, but they are not in a beefy look. They're not in a our corners are going to stay down in the flat and attack hard. You know, Saints corners are going to drop back almost exclusively. So the style that he's played with is fast, agile, skill, you know, agility based you know, outside corners, not really the big guys who are going to stay down low. All these guys are going to carry up the field and come towards Williams' direction. So there's not a ton of he has to go pick up and be on an island by himself. Right. It's that that is obviously uh, you know one of the one of the questions that comes up. It's he's uh, uh, one of the questions I've had about previous free safeties in Baltimore. Let me let me just put this on Marcus Williams. Mm-hmm. Is he a guy who goes for the body or goes for the ball? Is he naturally looking for an overthrow of a, of a player? So he's looking to, to set up kind of a loose bracket coverage, or is he more of a goes to create contact as the second man there, or even as the first man there um, when the, when the ball is in his area? It's a mix of both, and it depends on the situation. One of the key things that they stress on defense is do not give up big plays. Stop it as soon as it starts. They do not want yards after catch. They don't want yards after contact. Stop it there. If he is playing a free-range type of a coverage, like let's say Lattimore is going to carry the vertical, so that means Williams is over the top. His responsibility now becomes can I pick this ball off? because he trusts the other guy to make the tackle. As long as he's the second man, he's going to try to probably go for the ball. And you can see he's got three interceptions, four interceptions, or not just interceptions. And and while we definitely love interceptions as fans, you know, as a coach, one of the things that you're looking for is pass deflections. Can you break up those passes even if you can't pick them off? And he had eight last year, seven the year before that, like 13 the year before that, which for a safety is pretty good numbers. So he's going to play the ball – if he's not the first guy. And one thing the Saints defense stresses is the first guy never goes for the turnover. The first guy secures the tackle, the second guy goes after that. Hmm. And that is whether it's a run, like we're, we're engaging you know, a 10-yard run, whoever's getting the first tackle, you're tackling. The next guy comes in tries to punch it out. It's the same way in the pass game. Whoever's got primary coverage responsibility, you need to focus on that. If you get an interception, like you can make a play when the ball gets to you, fine. But Williams is going to focus on stopping the play and then making a play. This is what he's done in New Orleans. He could be told to do something different in Baltimore. Yeah, no, that'll that'll be interesting to see. That's uh, uh, yeah, that's a good way to do it. I, I've I've had a generalized problem with the way that strong safety has been played. Sorry, free safety has been played like strong safety in Baltimore. Their guys have been too generally versatile. They weren't enough rangy ball hockey guys since. You know, they they had a season of Thomas, which was not bad. They had a season of, sorry, several seasons of Weddle, which were not bad. And, of course, they had Ed Reed going back and Rod Woodson before that. Um, but honestly, you know, the, the Ravens have been missing 
that rangy ball hawk now for several years and and they it's it's time they really need a guy who's looking to 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 play for the overthrow they they've got one of their guys stone has a little bit of that in him distinctly more than everybody else uh, i think he makes a great second back end guy for cover two when you're when you're on obvious passing downs or you got third and ten you know mm-hmm. kind of situations i think he's perfect for that um but i don't think he's 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 doesn't necessarily make him the ideal guy to have as your free safety on first down. And hopefully Williams, and, and certainly at the price they've, they've given him, uh, has got to be that guy. I will say one negative about that strategy the Saints use is they do typically have less turnovers than other teams. They don't hmm. lead the league in turnovers. They don't always like finish at the bottom or anything, but because they play stop the play first, it is a little bit different. You, like, you go after a Marcus Peters, that is the opposite of how Marcus Peters plays. Marcus Peters, his career has very much been the I'm going to burn you or you're going to burn me. I'm going to go for the ball. And there's nothing wrong with that strategy. It's just very different. And, you know, it's it's a reason that Peters does not like a fit in New Orleans because that's just not what their defense runs. So I'm curious because Williams coming out is a ball hawk guy. He has the ability to be a six, seven interception safety. But are you willing to sacrifice maybe some of the guaranteed stuff like the guaranteed stops or whatever? For those turnovers, and that is more of a scheme and plan fit from a coaching perspective than a player. You know, a lot of these players have more ball skills than they're given credit for, but they're told to go do a specific job. Mm-hmm. You know, if you tell him to be a rangy, you know, you cover this half of the field or you cover sideline and sideline, and we want you to focus on turnovers, I think that his turnover marks could go up. But you could also see more big plays given up from him that he wasn't normally giving up in New Orleans. All right, that's uh, some great stuff there. What else maybe that we haven't covered so far is a, a trait that Marcus Williams gave. What, what kind of a locker room guy is he? Definitely loved in the locker room. Um, he's not the prototypical leader or anything, but one thing about New Orleans is they have such demonstrative leaders already. You've got Malcolm Jenkins, who's a two-time Super Bowl winning vet. You've got Cameron Jordan, who you know, is a perennial pro bowler slash all pro guy, 12 sacks. And you got Demario Davis, who not only is a leader on the field, but he does so much work off the field with things like social justice and things like that. So I, I would call maybe Williams a quieter type compared to the other guys in the room. But, you know, he's not the type that has like locker room disturbances. And then on the field, he's very passionate, very high energy, which a lot of fans and myself included love high energy guys on the field. So he's a lunch pail. He's not like Chauncey who get in your face, stick my finger through your your uh, face mask or anything. But he's definitely a guy that is very passionate on the field. He's just not probably the guy that has the C, but maybe he gets it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's uh, that's great stuff. The green dot is definitely taken in Baltimore. Chuck Clark is the guy. I'm sure that's not changing. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, Marcus Williams, a, a great pickup here for the Ravens. We're very excited about it here. Uh, I'm I'm so excited to have a, a true free safety as opposed to a versatile safety, <laughs> a guy who who's master of none, you know, in in uh, in certain ways. I think those guys are great if you have a true free safety. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you already have your yeah. true free safety, if you've <laughs> got that, everybody else can be versatile. But man, there's there's just some things that I think need to be locked down. And there you go, corners and free safety are that. All right, my friend. It's great having you on again. And I'd, I'd like to already, right now, invite you back on for the Know Your Foe episode for the Saints this year when the Ravens and Saints play, as they, as they will in New Orleans, I guess, this year. Yes, in New Orleans. And uh, looking forward to that one. And uh, we'll be looking forward to have you back on for that. Tell folks where they can find your work. 
Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Rev Deuce Wyndham if you'd like, or you can check out the YouTube channel, which does admittedly focus mostly on the Saints, as this one focuses on the Ravens, but it is Hudak Confessional. It's the name of the podcast and the YouTube channel itself. If you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. All right. Outstanding. Thanks for coming on, Rev. Uh, other folks out there who are listening, if you want to do a uh, podcast with me this off season on any short topic, I'm, I'm very much open mic with regard to this. Uh, if you want to go narrow, we can go deep. And that's that's how I like to do these shows. So a, a topic that, that, you know, a, a narrow topic we can get into in about 25 to 30 minutes and uh, and get your thoughts out there. We'd love to have you on. Deuce, thanks again for coming on. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.